in a world where people try to do stuff they don't know how to do. One man, okay, two men, are standing by with the best advice on Earth. Ow. Well, most of the time. Welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. Now here's Charles Thayer and the man they call the Polish Powerhouse. All right, welcome to the all-around home improvement hour. Um, both Charles and the Polish powerhouse, Nick, are hunting this weekend, so he's left it up to the four of us. Uh, we've got Tom Brooks of RTD Power Washing. We got Brian Carrion from Minnesota Real Estate Group. And we got Troy Ekdahl from Beeline Construction. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, glad right. to be here. All right, well, glad you're here. And we also have off-site, we have Lynn Brooks that's with us, but uh, she will be off-site, and so we'll see if we can't get her to call in and, and uh, give her give us some uh, advice on some things. So we're looking forward to, to Lynn Brooks being on the radio later in the show. But, uh, Brian, why don't we jump off, uh, get started right away with you. Talk what, What's new in the real estate market? Yeah, I appreciate it for having me. So I'm a member of the Minnesota Real Estate Team, 12 years strong, uh, REMAX Advantage Plus Group, and... Um, this time of year, we see typical seasonal slowdowns in, in the buying and selling process, uh, or cadence, we'll say. But um, some of the things I get questioned about, especially going into listing preparations in the wintertime, one, what are some things to do to best prep your home for the winter season, uh, especially from a selling perspective? So um, I get asked a lot about icicles or ice damming or if there's been, uh, on seller disclosures, if there's been any ice damming uh, in the past with the property. So um, those are great questions and, and often helpful for homeowners to understand what the, the source is behind ice damming, icicles. Icicles look pretty on houses in the wintertime, uh, but it's usually a, 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 a signal that something is wrong either with the attic insulation or attic ventilation. So maybe Troy can jump in here for a minute, but uh, the, the describe um, some some uh, things you can do to minimize ice damming. But uh, in general, ice damming, what happens is uh, the roof decking of your attic gets warm enough that the snow melts and the water runs down to the eaves where it then contacts the cold freezing air and starts freezing the icicles. And then the icicles get big enough, they'll then start damming backward up, up slope uh, and then penetrating underneath the shingles, reaching the warm roof decking, and then the ice would melt and then drip down through your ceiling. So those that's in, in a nutshell what ice damming is. Um, if there has been a history of ice damming, it's a disclosable item in a home listing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we just want to make sure that it's been uh, remedied, uh, addressed, and properly remedied. So, Troy, maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, insulation and the importance of ventilation with ice damming in regards to ice damming. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've hit it right on the head. It's just a function of the roof deck itself not being cold enough to keep the snow frozen. There are several ways to address it. To address it correctly is to insulate it properly and create enough ventilation in the attic to keep that roof deck cold, which is what we're after. The truth is that if ice dams exist, you're losing heat from your home. It's expensive, and it's costing you a lot to keep that attic heated, ultimately. There are several solutions to the problem. First and foremost is to insulate the attic properly. Uh, 
to add vents in the eaves, to add vents in the roof. One of those vents could potentially be a power vent, which will actually be a fan in your attic to help draw cold air into the attic. Another temporary solution, and I do say only temporary, is a heat element on the edge of your roof that will allow that water to drip off the edge of your roof. So if you're in the middle of winter and you don't can't get to this project right away, I strongly recommend some type of a heat tape. In the meantime, if you want to, there are little pucks, little salt pucks that you can use to create channels through that to solve the problem. And again, very temporarily, that will help the issue. You know, Troy, I haven't had I haven't seen a lot of success with those salt pucks. Okay. You know, and I've seen people do uh, as well as they'll they'll fill nylons with with salt too, and it it just everything freezes right around it. Um, so my company, RTD um, Roof to Deck Restoration or RTD Ice Dam Removal, we remove ice dams. We don't we don't prevent them from happening. We're kind of the solution. Well, then we're not the solution at all. You know, we're going to just take care of the problem until you have a chance to fix it. And Troy, there's a third thing too, right? Where you've got it's insulation, ventilation, but it's also making sure all those pipes and everything that's going through the roof are sealed up, so that those things you really want to make sure those things are all covered too. So because those are like you know highways of getting heat up into the roof. Yeah, those are great points. So um, to, to, to follow up here, I often explain the difference, uh, um, or at least ex- uh, elaborate with home sellers that you need both insulation and correct ventilation in the attic. Exactly. In, in theory, you can have all insulation in the world, but if you're not exhausting the heat from the attic that may build up from a solar load, you're still going to warm that roof decking up enough to create this icicle phenomenon. Right. So uh, ventilation is important. And then a preparation item sometimes that I recommend in the fall is simply take your shop vacuum and vacuum out the soffit vents underneath the eaves of your home, and that'll allow proper convectional heat transfer flow. So um, icicles are pretty in summary, but they're an indication of a, a, a bigger issue uh, at hand. You know, and, and kind of to Troy's point, too, on those heat, that heat tape. So there are homes, uh, South Minneapolis, for example, Highland Park specifically, Edina, older designed homes that there is nothing you can do Great to point. prevent ice in certain little areas from occurring. Troy, you were going to... Not completely true. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about those that have attic spaces that are actually occupied, and those attic spaces have knee walls and yep, yep. and those areas. There is one other potential solution to the problem, Okay, and it's what they commonly call a hot roof. It's actually a sprayed insulation roof. That sprayed insulation in between the trusses right underneath the roof deck of three inches or more will prevent that from happening. Okay, now how does... okay. You, Describe how it works. It's a foam insulation is what it is, and it's actually adhered directly to the roof deck. What that allows is for that roof deck to remain cold in the winter, even if it's not ventilated completely like it should. Okay. The real answer is ventilation. The real answer is to get cold air into it. But if it's not possible, you can get in there and do a sprayed foam insulation right on the roof deck. Okay, I've not heard of that. That's good information. Yeah, and just... In theory here, the attic should be as cold as it is outside. Right. Some people believe that the warmer your attic is, the more energy efficient your home. That's just the opposite. You want your attic as cold as it is outside. So all-around home improvement can help with that ventilation and insulation stuff. So definitely get a hold of Charles and Nick because um, they'd be happy to come out and give you a free consultation to let you know what, what the, the solution is. They're, these guys are amazing. So, um, Brian, what's going on in real estate right now? Okay, so right December is slower. Is it a good time to look for a house or just fewer houses on the market? Yeah, what, great what's question. The deal? So um, great great time of year for buyers. So this past spring, um, we've all heard stories about buyers having 
competition with multiple offers. Uh, there is still some multiple offers on correctly priced homes, but the overall volume of buyer demographic is lower right now. Uh, the listing inventory is also lower, but the ratio is favoring the buyer at the moment. So there is a little bit more pick and selection for buyers. Um, and if sellers are on the market right now trying to sell, they're, they're usually selling with intention. Otherwise, they're not going to want to be selling during the holiday time. So if there's an opportunity where a buyer can purchase, uh, even if there's a few months left in your lease, buying now may save you some competition and, and often give you some pricing leverage. Uh, what, what, are, what are interest rates at right now? Uh, I, I admittedly don't, don't know the interest rates right now, but I can, tell, I can say that um, uh, the interest rates are, are still very favorable, and uh, I see loan products from uh, as little as 3% down conventional. Um, those are great loan products coming through. Um, they've been around for a long time, but uh, the interest rates are favorable for home buying. Um, and I often tell, uh, I used to serve as the head real estate instructor for the city of St. Paul community ed. So I'd always tell folks, um, as long as you're fiscally sound and emotionally ready, it's a, it's a good time to, to purchase. Um, don't force yourself out of your comfort zone, but this seasonally um, climate in the marketplace is a great time to purchase. All right, fantastic. All right, we are coming up on a break, but we'd like to get some calls. We've got Troy Ekdahl here who knows everything. Um, so we've got uh, the number is 651-989. And Lynn, you should be writing this number down too. 651-989-5855. Again, 651-989-5855. Lynn, you need to call in so we can get you on the air. All right, we'll be right back. You are listening to the All Around Home Improvement Hour. My name is Mike Hilborn. I'm your host. Um, I own the company Roof to Deck Restoration. We have Tom Brooks of RTD Power Washing. Um, is a kind of a division of Roof to Deck. We got Brian Carrion from the Minnesota Real Estate Team. Thanks for being here, Brian. Thank you. And then we got Troy Ekdahl of uh, Beeline Construction. Uh, Brian, just before we head off to Troy here, uh, how do people contact you guys? Yeah, the best best way is via email. If you want to contact me directly, my email address is pretty simple. It's brian at mn-houses.com. Otherwise, um, we have a very large um, Google presence. So Minnesota Real Estate Team is the name of our REMAX team. And uh, we're five years running as a number one REMAX team uh, in the world. So It's amazing. It's, I mean, uh, it really is amazing. It really is a, a great group. All right. Well, fantastic. Thanks, Brian. Um, so Troy Ekdahl, um, I've known Troy for a long time. We've been friends for a long, long time, and he was uh, gracious enough to, uh, enough to come on the show today. He owns Beeline Construction. He does commercial contracting. Um, Troy, how'd you get into this? Into contracting in yeah, general? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a funny story, actually. I was working for a gentleman at a time in, in sales. We'd, uh, a company called Convenience Learning International, and we did OSHA-based training on computers. And I had done that for some time and got to the point where I was just not satisfied with what I was doing. So I sat down to have lunch with David Janiszewski, who was a good friend of mine, and uh, said, Dave, you know, I'm, I, I'm just not happy anymore. He says, you know, I sense that. I said, what do I do? He says, you know, your first love has always been construction. You know a lot about it. You've worked hard to, to understand it completely. He says, you need to quit your job and start your construction company. I said, Dave, I've got two young children. I've got a new home. I, I really can't afford to do this right now. He says, okay, you're fired. <laughs> and set me off on my own. He says, by the way, your first project is to finish my basement. Hmm. 
So really, it started with somebody that believed a lot more in me than I did at that time, and that started Beeline Construction. Oh, that's great. Truth be told, in the 24 years now of Beeline Construction, we have never advertised. Everything that we've ever done has been word of mouth and really been an amazing journey. So, you know, um, Troy actually uh, designed, helped design um, MySpace um, at Roof to Deck. So, and it's, I mean, it's fantastic. And we've got another project coming up here where we need to add some office space. We're going to need your help on that, Troy, too. So I uh, got you on the radio for that. Um, but tell, tell people some of the projects you've done. Okay, so I've switched gears, uh, I guess it was about 12, 14 years ago, to mainly commercial. That's what I do more than anything else. And uh, the projects that I've done are uh, the St. Dinette in St. Paul for a wonderful couple of guys. Uh, that was Tim Niver and J.D. Fratsky. Um, I built Moochie's, which is a beautiful little Italian restaurant in, in St. Paul. I did Sweet Peas. I've done a number of the Crooked Pints, the Crooked Pint in downtown Minneapolis. So a number of these restaurants that have flipped and, honestly, some amazing places to go eat. Yeah, I know. I've been to a, quite a few of them with you, and it's always fun to see uh, Troy's work. It's just absolutely beautiful. So kind of switching gears to home improvement now, what should be should, should people have already almost done, or what should they be doing you know, to get through the winter season without having issues with their homes? Okay, so number one of the number one things that I see with home prep for, for winter that people forget about is taking care of their outside faucets, or what's called a bibcock. And in that case, there are two things that you ultimately need to do. There will be a shutoff valve inside your home for any outside faucet. It is code. It's required. So shut that valve off and open the outside faucet. If your interior shutoff valve is working properly, there will be a little bit of water that will drain out of it eventually. And then leave it open, in my opinion, if your interior shutoff is working properly. If not, then reclose the outside faucet. And I strongly recommend some type of an insulated cover over the bibcock. Let's prevent these things from freezing. The ultimate solution is what's called a freeze valve. And a freeze valve is one of those that actually has a very long neck on the outside faucet, and it actually shuts off inside the home where it's warm. Hmm. That's a permanent solution. Then you never have to deal with it again. Troy, Troy, if I can interrupt, the freezeless faucets are wonderful as long as you have your garden hose detached. Correct. <laughs> exactly. If you have your garden hose still attached, what's happened is people forget to drain those. And then it will crack the faucet. So as that freezes and the water expands, you will crack your faucet and you'll end up with a problem. So no matter what you're doing, always disconnect your hoses and drain your hoses out. Good point. So, Brian, when you guys are selling homes and people doing home inspections and stuff like that, I mean, people go through and, I mean, and make sure furnaces and all that. You know, I just saw an article. Did you guys see it? I think it was in the Pioneer Press Star Tribune. I'm not sure which one. Um, but about these contractors that are tagging furnaces as cracked, and they're not. Have you heard about that? No. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's so it's, and they're, they're getting more and more of those complaints lately kind of thing. Because there are things, like a furnace tune-up is a good idea. But you want to make sure that you're going with somebody that you trust. And if you get, you know, in, if you get uh, something tagged, just FYI, you might want to get a second opinion on that stuff because, you know, not, yeah, what, every, not everyone's as honest as we are. Yeah, what Mike's talking about is a crack in the heat exchanger. So where, right. the, where the flames burn in the, in the flutes in the furnace, uh, there's a metal shroud around those flames, and that metal shroud expands and contracts with every heating cycle. Eventually, you're going to develop some micro cracks uh, at a microscopic level, and the expansion and contraction, just like bending a paperclip, eventually... 
the paperclip is going to break, much so in this analogy, the crack will open up as a through hole and allow carbon monoxide to come into the airstream. So all heat exchangers at a microscopic level do have cracks. They all have it. They have to. Metal expands and contracts. Now, what Mike is making a point of is how small of a crack or how large of a crack is, is uh, detrimental, uh, is impactful. So uh, a lot of times these cracks that are identified in the heat exchanger, uh, there's no video proof or photo proof of what the size of the crack is or a scale next to in the photo showing how large the crack is. They can zoom in real close, make the crack look big when it might be actually an acceptable tolerance for the crack. So great point, Mike. Well, yeah, I mean, just know not every, I mean, just make sure you check in the BBB, you know, A-plus ratings and all that kind of stuff because that stuff really does, there's, I mean, you know, we, and you see it all the time. And it makes the rest of the industry look bad kind of thing. And make sure you know what you're doing. Well, and would you agree that the number one measurement would be the CO level in the airstream? And that's something anybody can measure. Yeah, I think the carbon monoxide level in the airstream is very, very critical. Always make sure that the CO level is monitored or measured when the furnace is at full temperature. So that's when the the heat flutes or the the flame flutes are fully expanded. So that would be the worst case scenario. Okay. All right. Very cool. Brian, I had a question. Um, So when... As a prospective home buyer, we're out uh, looking to have a realtor lead us around. And it sounds like you're Who, very... Tom. Who's us? Is that you and Lynn? Uh, yeah. Okay. A- actually, right. we are. Right. We, we are uh, looking to to purchase, and we don't have a realtor. So, I guess we just made that handshake, didn't we? But uh, how much do I rely on you uh, to do a good job looking around, catching these things, the ice dams? And how much of that is just left up to the inspection when it happens? Yeah, that's a great point. I think a lot of real estate agents are underknowledged, we'll say, undereducated in terms of home structure, mechanical systems, uh, electrical, <laughs> plumbing, et cetera. So uh, I have a, a master's degree in mechanical engineering. So I come into this business 12 years ago with a very quantified approach. And uh, given the educational background, I, I served as the real estate instructor for the city of St. Paul community. I always take an educative approach but that far exceeds what most realtors are willing to dive into. They just don't have the knowledge base. Uh, and oftentimes inspectors, home inspectors themselves, don't have that knowledge base. So um, we want to we want to pre-inspect homes when we're touring them as much as we can. Granted, we can't see inside a furnace to the heat exchanger, so we have to rely on some professionals for, for that insight. But there's a lot we can do to assess structure, look for signs of, of foundational settling, um, plumbing systems, galvanized piping versus copper piping versus PEX tubing. All those things are educational points that the more we know about a home, the better decision mm-hmm. we can make. Now, are, are any of those items, do they any of them come up to you to tell your client this is a deal killer or is it all negotiable? Even It could even be structural, but you're like, well, if, if they'll knock $40,000 off, fix that pillar yeah great question i think i think most things are are negotiable but they have to start with uh a a a quantified measure of the problem does the problem exist is it real or is it just someone's opinion uh once we identified what the actual quantified problem is we can work from that platform in in negotiating sellers tend to be very defensive on on anything wrong with their home their home is perfect in their eyes a lot of a lot of times so trying to negotiate properly is not like what we see in a movie. You know, it's not brass tacks and, and cutthroat. It's more of a educational process and uh, explaining with data, if we can, what our, what our um, base point is, what our, where we're coming from as a benchmark. 
Brian, what's your background? Okay, so now you got me curious. Engineer, yeah. Okay, <laughs> how did you get to where you are? Yeah, so I went to, uh, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, went to University of Michigan for uh, my mechanical engineering degree. So I have a bachelor's and master's in mechanical engineering. I uh, graduated with a master's in 2002, and then I took a little hiatus, about a, a six-week hiatus from the world, and I rode my bicycle across the United States. So after doing that, I moved here to Minneapolis. My wife and I um, both moved here. We started, um, and she still is, a medical device design engineer. So I worked at Medtronic for a long time. My wife works at Boston Scientific, and um, I, I bought into um, some investment properties with Ryan O'Neill and the Minnesota real estate team back in 2004, 5, 6. Um, and through that rental property ownership experience, I learned a lot about houses. Uh, I also did uh, five full house renovations on my own from the studs outward. So um, hands-on experience, I think, is critical when it comes to educating people about homes. Uh, sounds like, Troy, you, you have a very similar background, hands-on. So uh, learning firsthand about houses um, really helps in, in educating people in that regard. So I'm an engineer that turned into a real estate agent. Very unconventional. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I want I want you working for me. All right. We're coming up uh, against another break here. Uh, so we're going to take a break. You are listening to the um, uh, All Around Home Improvement Hour. Call in if you have any questions, 651-989-5855. Again, 651-989-5855. And we are still waiting for Lynn to call in. So uh, we'll be right back. You are listening to the All Around Home Improvement Hour, and folks, she's here. Lynn, are you there? I'm here, Mike. All right, fantastic. Lynn, what's it like being married to Tom Brooks? I mean, it's just got to be unbelievable. It is unbelievable. He's, he's a gift from heaven. I love it. All right, so you guys are looking for a house, is that right? We are. Okay, are you have you, are you working with Brian Carrion of the Minnesota Real Estate oh, Lynn, Team? Because you pressured. should. Don't feel pressured, Lynn. Jeez. Yeah, well, we haven't yet, but maybe we should. It sounds like he knows his stuff, and we should maybe hook up with him. He's an engineer for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, how often does right. engineer show up on a business card for a real estate guy? That's got to be rare. It, that's it, right. For for better or worse, there there's there's good things about being an engineer, and there's bad things about being an engineer. The mind doesn't turn off. It just keeps going and going. Well, I don't think anybody more than Lynn would be uh, in favor of getting a realtor and someone who really knows the business. Uh, I was genius enough to jump into the real estate market in July of 2006 as an investment, and I couldn't have hit the highest peak for purchasing. So uh, we do we do appreciate professionals that know what they're doing and May, may have given us a little better advice at that point. Yeah, I think, again, everything is educational-based, or at least it should be. Uh, a sales arena right. shouldn't be a salesy feel. It should be an education feel. So, mm -hmm. so Lynn, we have uh, Troy Ekdahl here, and he has never been stumped. Do you have a question? It doesn't even have to do anything with housing. You can ask kind of a question about molecules or the distance to the sun. Do you have any wow. kind of question you can ask Troy that we can finally stump this man? Well, I, I do have a good question, and it's one that we just learned um, in my third grade. I teach third grade, and they were actually fascinated about this, and so I'm going to see if you know this. So um, if you uh, cracked open the sun, how many earths could you pour inside the sun? It's a, it's a trick question. You'd, right. burn, you'd burn your fingers first. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Right. You have to put gloves on. Okay, with gloves. gloves. 
Oh, look at the time. I, it, don't we have to go number. to a break? It's got to be. Okay, is it like a billion, Lynn? <laughs> Troy, just pick a number. I'm sure you're going to be right. You're always right. No, I'm not going to be right on this. But I'm, I'm going to say uh, 740 million Earths would fit inside the sun. That's a good. That's a pretty good guess. You're a little over. Okay. It's about a million. Wow. Uh, yeah, just a little. Now, that answer, about a million, I, I need something more solid than that. Is there, a, is there an actual number, Lynn? <laughs> One million on on the nose. Uh, on the nose. All right. Well, there you go. We're not buying that either. So you learn something new every day. All right. All right. Hey, Lynn. Thanks a lot for being a good sport. Thanks for coming on the show. You just actually made the show ten times better. Thank well, you. Well, it's been fun. I can honestly say I've never been on the radio before, so this is fun for me. All right. Well, this is the first of many, I'm sure. Okay. Next you time. Have a great next day. time you'll be in the studio. Okay. All right. All right. Have a great day. All right. Now we're going to go to Tom. Tom, RTD Power Watching Division of Roof to Deck. Tell us about what you do. Sure. Uh, what we do, uh, we power wash. Uh, so what we do is we we get the highly trained technicians. Uh, we've got the best of equipment. And really, um, there's just dirty things all over the Twin Cities. And it's really a simple thing that we do. We, we power wash things that other people don't want to. And really what we think of is we're helping them stay focused on their business. We help the realtor think about real estate and selling real estate, and we clean things. We do the same thing uh, in turn. We focus on power washing, and we pay somebody else to fix our computers, somebody else to uh, maintain our books, uh, maintain our, our building, those type of things. If everyone can stick to what they're doing best, it, it really is. It's that, it's that division of labor, kind of how Henry Ford uh, kind of built built the Model T by having that division of labor and sticking to that. And we really believe that. You you hire someone like Troy to, to do your build-out. You hire a realtor. You hire us to do that. And you stick to what you do. So what are some of the things you power wash? What would be an example? That, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it okay. might be easier to say, what don't we power wash? But uh, sure, sure. Uh, there's a fleet division, and we do tractors, trailers, anything moving. And then we have a commercial division, and we just we just hit the hit the – jackpot on this we hired tim burnt and he's the commercial uh he runs the commercial side of the power washing so uh, anything that doesn't have wheels or tracks on it so parking lot garages buildings awnings graffiti removal uh, you know we do siding so we do a lot of siding projects um house washing things like that yep. brian the graffiti removal is really interesting too they glad you mentioned that it, it's just a it's an interesting spot that uh the the people are in, but the city will come up to them and say, you need this removed within 72 hours, uh, and that's the rules because it's called tagging. Graffiti's tagging, and then the next person tags over that, and then it just becomes a big issue. And if they don't get it removed, they get a fine. And then we find you know, something that works for us that's reasonably priced, and it's a fraction of the cost of having the fine uh, bill in, so it's great. I got a question here from Brian. Brian, the realtor. Um, so when I'm working with home sellers, sometimes uh, the roofs, the north, north side facing the roof will have some algae on it. Is that something that would be a candidate for power washing? That's great. And back to hiring a professional, um, you really want to get to the root base of what is on your what is on the, your building or your home or your roof or your vehicle, for that matter. And if it's Bio-based, you know, it's something like algae, mildew, mold, those type of things. It, there's a certain chemical I could tell you, but then I wouldn't have my business, would I? Uh, but then there are also things that are like rust, uh, just plain dirt, some other things that, that are not biologically based, and we, we treat them with something uh, other than that. So 
it, all those things can be removed. Um, and, and that's basically how Mike uh, started this business. Uh, it, yeah, that's how we started actually cleaning roofs. We had algae on my house in St. Paul. I was working for UPS at the time. And uh, my wife wanted me to figure out how to get rid of that. Anyway, got up there, threw bleach on it, didn't do anything, went up there a few weeks later and, like, drowned it. And then, and then about a week later, it was all gone. Now, we don't use that process uh, the way I described it anymore. But as I was driving to work one day, I'm seeing all these roofs that have those black streaks and stains. And so we actually started back in 1995. It was called Roof Renew. And then we started doing decks, and then we changed it to Roof Renew and decks, too. And then we started getting outside of the state of Minnesota, and then we had to change the name again to Roof to Deck Restoration, which is a, what it is today. So, yeah, we do a lot of, we do a lot of roofs, um, asphalt and cedar shake. We do wood decks gazebos, anything exterior wood, house washing, and then we do uh, concrete cleaning and things like that. Yeah, from a from a home selling perspective, it is it is instrumental to have a clean looking roof. And um, the the newer or better maintained the items appear, uh, the fewer objections home sellers have through the home selling process. You know, and it's so reasonable in my opinion too. Where you know, average roof is probably about a seven hundred dollar job to clean it. But it's 40% most of the time of a viewing area. If you look at somebody's home, 40% of what you mm. see is their roof. So mm. it's a big return on your money, that sort of thing. I like to quantify numbers, Mike. Yeah, no, real Satisfies numbers. Satisfies engineering me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be specific. Um, so, Tom, descri- describe. Okay, so power wash. I mean, that can't you just go to a, a Home Depot and rent a power washer? What makes RTD power washing different? What are the trucks like, for example? Sure. The kind of equipment. Lo- love to tell you about that. But it, the, the interesting thing, you know, when we say Professional equipment, professional, you know, that's down to the, you know, we have 200 degree water that comes off of it, hoses, a thousand gallons of, uh, are, are on our trucks that we bring with us. But it's really uh, the technology uh, with those chemicals. For instance, if you've seen a little kid, you've seen the science experiments, they rub the balloon on their head and their, and their static electricity, their hair stands up. The same thing happens in, in the majority of our businesses with a fleet, uh, tractors, trailers going down the road. As they go down the road and create that friction, it creates an electric magnetic charge, and that dirt sticks to the trailers and to the trucks. Unless you release that charge, you can power wash all day, and it, the dirt's not going to come off. Maybe you've gone to a, a, to a car wash, and you get out, and there's still a film on your car, even though you just paid to have it done. Unless you release that magnetic charge, and we do that... Um, with a three-step process. We bring in a, a light acid-based chemical, and it meets uh, a high, uh, high on the pH scale. Alkaline. Yep, right. ha- alkaline, uh, same as a soap. And it me- they meet each other, and they're so far from each other on the pH scale that they fight, and there's a microburst of heat, and they fight to come back to water, which is in the middle of the pH scale. And that releases that magnetic charge. And then on the third cleaning, we do it with water. Otherwise, you can pound water at 2,000 uh, PSI, and it's not going to come off. You have to have this three-step process, and, and that's, that's what makes our company. And then we go find dirty things. So how do – so, you know, anybody listening right now, I mean, it is all around home improvement. Um, commercial things apply and, and cleaning decks and roofs and that sort of thing. But also, you know, anybody that has a business that needs their fleet washed or a building that's dirty, I mean, I mean you know, everybody works somewhere. Um, how do people get a hold of us? Sure. Uh, go, go right to, you can give me a call directly. Actually, I'm the general manager, but I go out and uh, do every quote, every bid myself. We really want to get to know the company and get to know the customer. And we've kept them for years and years. Uh, so that, it, there's really that personal touch where you feel like you have someone to go to 
And my direct number here is 651-373-2408. Or you go to RTD Power Washing, and uh, you can just, there's an info uh, button there, and you can just send us a question. We'll come out and quote, usually the next day or two, but it's really long-term relationships uh, and just, just, servicing the customer the way they should be all right fantastic tom thank you all right we are up against another break uh this is our last break until the end of the show we'll be coming back in just a few minutes again you're listening to the all-around home improvement hour uh if you have any questions call in 651-989-5855 again 651-989-5855 we will be right back We are back. Man, that is a great song, isn't it? To just sit there and listen to that for a while. Troy's dancing over there. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's a good move. That is a good move. (laughs) All right, we're back. You're listening to the All Around Home Improvement Hour. Charles Thayer and Nick, the Polish powerhouse, are hunting. I think they are hunting south of here. And uh, best of luck to them. I think they said this was the last weekend that they'll actually be hunting. Then they'll be back for a while. And thank you guys, Charles and Nick, to let me host. I always appreciate you letting me do this. And uh, I know um, uh, people are anxious to have you back, but it is an honor to be here, so thank you. Um, got a call, um, and the, uh, the lady just really wanted to ask a question, so she's not on the line. But she asked about getting her house washed, power, you know, house washed, power washed, what have you. And she's got stucco and hardy board, and she was curious to know what the effect of the home price would be. And so the price, I'll just tell you, the price of washing a traditional house or average uh, House wash is, is right around three seventy five four hundred dollars. So again, in my opinion, not a lot of money. That's a point of view. Uh, but Brian, you would be more um, probably qualified to ask the question: Is there a return on an investment on that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, if a house visibly looks dirty, uh, it's somewhat of a qualitative um, assessment, if you will. But uh, if you can see spiderweb buildup or uh, dust, particular um, near where the soffits meet the, the siding. Uh, or if you have a light color, light colored house, um, definitely, definitely worth worth the investment to to clean at least the front um, curb appeal side. From uh, a resale um, return on your investment, I would I would think it would be as close to or up to one percent of your sales price if it's presented well. Mm. So again, the cleaner things appear, the better maintained they appear. And the stronger the confidence the buyer will have as they tour your home, um, so cleaning the house cleaning the house on its own is one step in the right direction. But you want to make sure that the marketing materials that your real estate agent's putting together does um, uh, illustrate and, and really um, uh, pr- pronounce and show the clarity in the photos and how well things are kept. So uh, an engineer talking about. The fluffy world of photography is kind of comical, but truly, um, the better things are presented, the brighter things are, the cleaner they are, and the better they're photographed. It, it all translates into a more favorable uh, buyer interest. So I'll, I'll hand it over to Tom here to talk about a little bit more about um, maybe what is the lead time on scheduling a house cleaning? Is Can you power wash in the wintertime? Uh, is there a downside of power washing in the wintertime? So those are some questions that, that come to my mind as I'm thinking about house cleaning the exterior. Well, okay, so it, the, the important part this time of year, so we do have a season, um, and it's typically April through October, and that's when we clean and stain wood decks, fences, gazebos, porches, cedar shake roofs, anything outdoor wood. 
Um, then we do house washing, like we were talking about, gutter cleaning, um, uh, power washing of concrete and things like that. Like I say, typically April through October. However, um, with Tom's division, RTD Power Washing, you know, we have trucks that carry its own water. So like Troy talked about at the beginning of the show, when you shut the water off inside your home, I mean, most of the people have got their water turned off. Not that it can't be turned back on again, not that big of a deal, but it is kind of nice if somebody can bring it with. So the big factor would be, it just has to be above freezing to actually be able to, to wash somebody's home. And, and you get that, you know, you get where all of a sudden you'll get three or four days where it's in the, you know, mid thirties, upper, you know, low forties kind of thing, even in the winter time where we can do that. So we are kind of, um, you know, restricted to that time frame. Um, but you really, you know, I'll just uh, talk up uh, my company here a little bit, Roof to Deck. You, you just want to make sure you hire somebody that knows what they're doing. And you want to make sure that you're hiring somebody that has the right insurances because, um, you know, insurance is there for a reason when bad things happen, right? And you can't always see when those things are going to happen. Um, so uh, we carry $2 million in liability insurance. All of our employees are actually employees. We don't use subcontractors. Um, and from a homeowner's perspective, that's a really big deal because if you get an independent contractor on somebody's property, and, you know, no fault of the homeowner, but they slip and fall or something happens, that person can now sue the homeowner. So getting insurance is, is really important, and Roof to Deck carries all those things. And we just have a tremendous amount of experience. We've been around since 1995. We've been certified in house washing and, and roof cleaning and parking garage cleaning and just pretty much everything. Um, we've gone through classes and, and training on that. And so you, you're going to make sure you get what, you know, you're expecting, that sort of thing, because uh, the results can be wild and uh, you want to have the right equipment um, answer yeah, your question Brian or? yeah Brian the realtor here again so um, I get some homeowners that ask well I can go to Home Depot and I can screw you know buy one of those bottles that screws onto the hose sure um, and or I have a power washer you know, sure. why why can't I just wash my house yep, and here in Minnesota a lot of our exterior siding products are lapped siding right right so you know, if a homeowner is trying to spray up two stories, they're spraying upwards when houses and exteriors are designed for downward waterfall. Right. So explain maybe why that's not a good sure, idea for sure. a homeowner. Well, uh, one way that we know it's not a good idea is because we go to a lot of homes and businesses that have their power washers sitting in the corner. <laughs> and we get to walk around them to, to go do the power washing. So a lot of times they've tried it, but uh, it's, it's the technology. It's uh, the heat that we have we heat all of our water there's a big difference there's chemical reactions that happen that don't happen when you don't have the heat and and if you you obviously know about molecules and everything uh engineering and um but that heat uh is the difference between it but also um you you brought that up How, how do you how do you shoot water 40 feet high well we know how uh you you buy the right equipment you train the technicians the right way how do you get them from blasting the siding to actually soft washing a house so you remove all the thing you know all those type of things you either you either hire a professional or you trial and error and you have a power washer sitting in the corner of your garage uh, as as they come to do that but but uh th- that's a great point on on that and and how does that actually happen and if it's built this way how does that work well over 22 years of roof to deck restoration, they've learned how to do that, how to take care of these. these you know, and, and also if you go to the um, roof to deck website, so it's roof to deck.com, you know, roof to T O D E C K.com, there's videos of everything we do. So if you're curious to even know, I mean, even if you want to try it yourself, I, you know, w- 
if you want to try yourself, watch the video that how we do it. So at least you'll have some idea on how to go down. Because I know there's DIY guys. I totally get that. Um, we're there for the people that aren't DIY guys or they've done it a couple times. They're saying, okay, that's enough of that. Um, most of our customers have tried to clean and stain their deck once or twice. And after two times, you're saying, okay, that's the end of that. I'm never doing that again. Hmm. Um, but you'll find a lot of information on our website. And, and, and your business originally came about. You did it yourself and you thought, Wow, I would have paid somebody to get up on that roof rather than... We couldn't find anybody. We couldn't find anybody to clean a roof hmm. back in 1995. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, from a real estate perspective, gosh, the, the older homes in St. Paul proper, Minneapolis proper with the stucco, um, there's going to be some... some um, uh, these All of our homes are built with timber, with wood, and they go through a seasonal expansion contraction. So the stucco uh, on these older homes especially are going to have some level of micro cracks. And if we're blasting the siding or blasting the stucco from a homeowner perspective, we're basically just injecting moisture behind hmm. that stucco. And what happens when moisture freezes in the wintertime? It expands. It expands. Yeah. So uh, what we what initially set out to be a proactive home maintenance um, item or effort turns into a hmm. home destruction effort. So I just want to be very careful about you know spraying too hard around the windows and or spraying upwards on siding when it's designed for downward waterfall. Hmm. Right, right, right. I had another question for you, Brian. Um, we talked about whether there is a lull or there isn't a lull. It seems clearly there is some some type of quieting down that happens in December, January. The magic day. Uh, I've heard it's the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday. Is that pretty accurate, or is it like, oh, it's kind of a wives' tale? Or yeah, great question, Tom. So typically, uh, up until last year. Uh, the January was a fairly quiet month. This past year in 20, 2017, uh, it was literally January 3rd is when the, the switch turned on. So wow. um, don't know the reason for it. Um, I can say that November, December were quieter last year as well. And then January was was very uh, active. So it we don't know necessarily, but what I can say is the uh, the activity usually starts with the, the median priced homes. And then as the spring progresses, it, it it just inches upward in price. To, to follow up the Super Bowl date for what it, you're just, you live in this world. You see people buying, selling homes, renting when they can't sell. Have you heard anything from the, hey, I'm getting $10,000 to rent my house out for the week with the Super Bowl coming up? Have you heard any? You know, that's, um, I haven't yet, but um, um, when, uh, um, drawing a blank on the, the, the golf tournament that was here. Sure. Oh, yeah. The Ryder Hazleton. The Ryder, yeah. Hazleton. Uh, that's, I mean, you can seriously rent your house for a lot of money. Um, but keep in mind, too, that where there's high upside, there's potentially high downside right. with damage. With damage. Yeah. And you would think, when I when I heard the these people renting their homes out, my first thought is whoever could rent my home for $50,000 for the week isn't going to trash it, but that's not necessarily true. No, it's not true They, at they, all. I mean, they find ways to get crazy. and If there is a way to assess risk in our lives and everything that every decision we make, then we wouldn't have hardships, right? Right. So, sure. You wouldn't need managers either. Um, <laughs> all right, we are coming up to the end of the show. we got about a minute left. Um, if I can get final thoughts from everybody, Mr. Troy Ekdahl, final thoughts? Just take care of your house, and it'll play out when your real estate agent shows up to uh, – to go ahead and sell it for you, it will always pay you. Take the time to look it over. Take the time to take care of it. Because if you fix something earlier, it yeah. costs less than it fixing it It costs you a whole lot later. less, exactly. Right. Yeah, it right. just comes down to preventive maintenance, I think. Um, Troy said it best. Uh, this time of year, we're just getting the cold weather. Uh, 
disconnect the hoses if you haven't already. Make sure you drain drain those um, exterior faucets and um, maybe vacuum out your soffit vents to keep ventilation flowing nicely through the winter. Exactly. Okay. My closing words would be stick to what you do best. Don't quit your day job. Hire a professional, whether it be real estate, power washing, construction. Other than Mike Hilborn should probably quit his day job and, and be a professional radio show host. Well, He's thank you. Spectacular. Well, it's fun to do, but I am looking forward to Charles and Nick already. <laughs> All right. My final thought is, hey, guys, um, people out there, Christmas lighting. We do Christmas lighting at RoofToDeckDecoration.com. It's not too late. In fact, you call me today. We could actually have lights up by Tuesday. I want to thank all you guys for joining me today. You made it uh, this a lot more fun. Um, everybody out there, it's the all-around home improvement hour. Uh, stu- tune in next week, and Charles and Nick will be back. Have a great weekend. Great job.